whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Karen Pennington here, and I have been thinking a lot about rest lately, <laughs> partly because <clears throat> I've been having a little bit of a hard time staying asleep. I believe it's a physical thing for me. Uh, we spent a good bit of money on a bed about six or seven months ago, and it's a very high-quality bed, but it also happens to be a very firm bed, <laughs> and I need, like, support and comfort when I sleep. You know, I don't just want the, you know, those things that are just like, I don't want to sleep on a cloud because then you get lost inside and gushed up in a cloud, but I don't want to sleep on a rock either because I have acquired a lot of curves in my older age and they need to be supported. I won't go beyond that, but I, I came up, I saw a slide um, or a picture the other day, a few weeks back on Facebook and it said this, age 12. Fell off bike at high speed on gravel road, rode home five miles. Age 50, used the wrong pillow and was non-functional for two days. <laughs> okay, so I'm way closer to 50 than I was to 12, than I am to 12. Not quite there yet, but this is already true. I have, I do have certain pillows I use, and I, I've made the mistake of there's two different kinds of pillows in the same kind of pillowcase, so sometimes I will grab the wrong one and oh, it's bad, I'm tossing and turning, and it's, it's again, not because I can't sleep, but just because I wake up because I'm uncomfortable, and I think we're going to have to get some sort of feather top for the, message, uh, for the mattress, just a little slight one, because I want to keep that comfort, I mean that structure, but I also need a little bit of give, and it makes, well, I don't know if any of y'all know what I'm thinking, I know, I mean, when I was younger, I could sleep on anything, any point, I could sleep on the floor, I could sleep Probably, probably could have slept on a rock back then. But it seems like the older we get, a lot of times, the more we need those, the more the more we need that comfort. Or the more we know we need the solid structure to rest our head on so that we can rest, right? And we need, most of us, some of us can sleep on rocks, some of us can sleep on clouds, but most of us need some sort of combination between that structure so we're not falling through and so we get that support and that, just a little bit of give. It's like the most supportive thing has it's give and support, support and comfort, support and comfort. And I think, uh, proverbially speaking, we need the same thing. We need to learn. We need something to rest our head on when it comes to our faith. We need structure. And a lot of us are missing that structure. This country is missing structure. They just want a lot of what they call grace. It's not always grace. It's not grace when you can do whatever you want because it leads you down. It's not something that leads you down the path of destruction is not grace. But we need a sense of structure. You know, if you do this, if you do that, this is the best thing for you. Go this way. We need direction, you know, that. But we also need some grace. You know, we need comfort. We need to know, okay, you know what? I made a, made a mistake. I couldn't do this, but God, God's got my back, you know? And, um, I think about a song. There's a song called Yes and Amen. 
and it's uh, talking at one point about, I will rest in your promises. My confidence is in your faithfulness. And it's based on this verse, um, 2 Corinthians 1.20. For in him, and it's talking about Christ because Christ was mentioned in 2 Corinthians 1.19. In him, every one of God's promises is a yes. For this reason, it is through him that we say amen to the glory of God. So that was such a mystery to me because what on earth does that mean, right? <laughs> but then, so if you literally translate the passage, like word for word, it, well, it's more confusing, but I'll read it anyways. As many of the promises of God as there are in him is the yes. So as many times as God promises, Jesus Christ makes it certain. That's not just an, I think I might, it's not just a plan that you might do. It will happen. It has happened. It does happen. Therefore, in him is also the amen by us to the glory of God. Another confusing one. So it doesn't say we say amen. In the English it says we say the amen to the glory of God. And Greek, it says, ours is the, God's is the yes, ours is the amen. What on earth does that mean? I, it was so confusing to me, because first of all, amen, I thought that was what you said at the end of a prayer, right? Some, if you agree with something, maybe, or if you agree with something, amen, or if you're my granddaughter, if you eat a piece of cake you like, you go, amen, because there was that song that says, if you're happy and, you know, it say, amen, amen, you know, so she does that, she's, you know, she's two, if she eats a piece of cake she likes, she honestly equates amen to food. And that actually makes sense because when do we pray most? We do pray at night with her when she's over. But we eat three times a day. So every time we pray, she's, dear Jesus, thank you for this food. Amen. So she likes the food. She's thanking him for the food again. She goes, amen. But there's a little bit more to this yes and amen thing. Basically, Paul is sort of given a call and response. And, and, and there's a context to this. See, he's writing to the church at Corinth. And right at this point, he's just like right across the sea. Um, there's this little subset of the Mediterranean Sea called the Aegean Sea. And Corinth is right across kind of the mouth of the Aegean Sea. And Paul was planning on going over to Corinth and doing a visit and then going up north to Macedonia, then coming back and seeing them again. He was planning on seeing them at least two more times before he went back to kind of the hub of the Christian church at that point, which was Jerusalem. But for some reason even though he had made plans and they knew about his plans, he didn't go there. We don't know exactly anything. There's speculation. They think that it may, whatever it was, they think it might have been that the Corinthians were working out some stuff and he didn't want to get in their way. It could have been that he had been involved in a riot in Ephesus. He didn't want them to feel like they had to take care of him. But anyways, instead of going right across the mouth of the Aegean Sea to see them. He actually went all the way up north and around. He went around the land. He went along the shore of the Aegean Sea instead of crossing the mouth of it. And then only got to see them one more time instead of twice. And he was kind of defending himself here. That sounds, it sounds a little bit weird. He, um, he was saying, listen, I wasn't trying to lie. I wasn't trying to be wishy-washy. Um, I'm not wishy-washy. We try to do what God tells us to do. The reason I didn't, I was really planning to see you. The reason I didn't is because, and this is a few verses later, it was for your own good. So for whatever reason that he didn't see them, 
it was a change of plan, not based on wishy-washiness, but about something that came up that he said, it's really better if I don't come. It's better for you if I don't come. I'm trying to help you here, you know. But in the context of this, he's really equating himself with God because he's saying, I am an not I am God, but I am God's ambassador. And God is never wishy-washy. God is never a yes then no kind of a person. If God says yes, that means yes. If God made a promise, if God has made a promise, then Christ through Christ, it has been fulfilled. We may not have seen it yet on earth. God Remember, God exists beyond time, outside of time, inside of time, everywhere. We live in time. So there are promises of God that we have not seen yet, but yet we can claim. Because it will happen. It's like a little kid waiting for Christmas morning. You know, it will happen. Or in my case, an adult waiting to eat at that great restaurant. It will happen. So don't stuff myself on the wrong things because I'm not going to enjoy the meal, you know. Um, I don't know where that came from. I'm not even hungry right now. But so there's two parts to this. This, this thing that says, in him every one of God's promises is a yes for this. For this reason, it is through him that we say amen to the glory of God. Ours is the amen to the glory of God. It's a call and a response. And there's really two parts of this promise. The first is that God's part is unfailing love, unfailing faithfulness. That word in Hebrew is hesed. It's kind of a combination between love and faithfulness. It's this endured quality of God that's self-giving and perpetual and can't be anything but good and faithful and consistent. It can't be corrupted. And it says, this promise of faithfulness, um, it's a yes. That Greek word is nigh. It's more than a yes. It's an absolutely, absolutely. It's like you can ask somebody, hey, can I use your eraser? Yeah, whatever. You know, there's that. There's a, yeah. You think you're going to come to the party? Yeah. Will I see you at church on Sunday? Yeah, <laughs> but then there's the, yes, will you marry me? Absolutely. So it's this emphatic, strong yes. God isn't just saying, okay. He's saying an emphatic, strong yes. If I'm saying I'm going to do it, you know it is done. Through Christ, all of God's promises are fulfilled, period. That's a yes, absolutely, take it to the bank. Our response is the amen, which incidentally in Greek is amen. It means truly. It emphasizes, honestly, amen is either a precursor or a response to something that you say that is true, 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 true. It is a word of support. When you heard Jesus in the New Testament, usually when Jesus said, truly I say to you, that is him emphasizing a truth that he is about to tell. It's him backing it up. That word is amen. That word truly is usually amen. It's also amen at the end of a prayer. Amen, you see, isn't just a thing we say to let you know that the prayer is done. It is an emphasis. It's a celebration. <laughs> like when you eat cake. Or if you're happy and you know it, say amen. I think my granddaughter had it right. So where God's part is that through Christ all of God's promises are fulfilled. The second part, through Christ, we can respond to God's faithfulness with celebration and obedience. It's not even just that we can is that we should. You see, here's the thing. Do we believe that God's right? Do we believe that God's true? Do we believe that God's ways are always best? If we believe that, if we believe that God's word is true and that God is true and that God's ways are best and that God will never let us down, then we never have a good reason to despair or to disobey. Do we do it anyways? Yep. And you know what? We don't even have to try. That's where the grace, you know, that thing where we said, 
structure and comfort. That's where God's grace comes in. He knows our hearts. He forgives. He'll help us back. That's what Christ's blood is for. But, you know, that thing about despair, I think we all worry sometimes. And that, that, that visceral, the, the, the feeling of fear, like, it's meant for temporary crisis. It's meant to keep us safe. Like, if you see a kid that's about to run out in front of a road, then you, you kind of grab them really quickly because you're keeping them safe. But it's not meant to be a sustaining emotion. It's meant to be an alert. Just like, you know, that fire alarm that goes off that lets you know smoke somewhere, or the smoke alarm. There's a point of that. Have you ever had a smoke alarm that went off all night long? Talk about no sleep, right? So fear is meant to be, if used properly, that instant alarm to alert you. There's something going on that's not right. And, and ask God, you know, invite God into that. But it's not meant to be despair. It's not meant to be this constant alarm going off in our head, no longer alerting us, but just keeping us from being able to do the healthy, consistent things. That's not of God. If you're going through that, that's not of God. That is an attack and a lie from hell. So where do we go to address that? God's word. Because when we know God's promises and we know God's true and we believe God's true and we do God's will, when our life is an amen to the yes God has already given, then it changes. God's gifts aren't for us to just admire. They're for us to receive. And that whole thing about disobedience. Again, I don't need to try to be disobedient. There are times I fall back and I don't realize it. And I ask God to show me that every day. And sometimes it's hard because there are things that I don't want to admit, right? But then there's that thing where you know you're disobedient, which is basically very, very clearly and literally saying, God, I know better than you. God calling you to forgive. You're not even trying to forgive. I'm not talking about I'm having a hard time. God, help me forgive. I'm saying they don't deserve it. I'm keeping the anger. I'm keeping the judgment. Thank you very much, God. Not them. It's the Jonah thing. They don't deserve it. So I'm just going to walk the other way. Is there any reason for that? I mean, that's dumb. It's dumb. We do it. It's dumb. Because if we believe God's way is best, we're basically saying, no, thank you. I'm going to choose something that hurts me instead of something that heals me, God. And you can't make me do anything else. What about when God's calling you to do something scary or go somewhere scary to you and you're going, no, you don't have a right to tell me not to be safe. What if God's calling you to stand up for him, to speak out for me? No, I think I'll be comfortable. What if God's calling you to stop fighting in an area, either that he's won or is not a battle you're supposed to fight? That's a hard one for me because I don't like giving up. If God's calling you to spend more time in his word. And honestly, how would we know what his promises are if we're not reading them? How can we be reminded? It's like, how do you know what's going on with a friend if you're not talking to the friend? And would God be any different? Sure, he's a whole lot different because he's a whole lot more wise and he's a whole lot more there, right? The structure... Here's your best life. That's all the Bible says. Here's what I've done for you, and here's what your best life can look like. A lot of warnings in there about what happens when we step out of it, but a lot of grace in there to allow us to step right back into it. Sometimes we think of the Bible and of God's words and of that structure of God's guidance as a burden, as an extra, just an extra 
something more to do in our lives, but it is our life. It's like saying, I don't want to be bothered to breathe or to eat food or eat good food or to rest. It's our foundation. We think of it as work, but it's the foundation for our rest, right? What are you resting on? How's your pillow? Is there something from God's word that you just need to pick up and keep saying until it gets into you? One that has your amen. Paul was very concerned that he was being an accurate ambassador and reflection of the consistency and the goodness of God. Because he knew whether or not he felt like being God's ambassador that day, people were looking at what he was doing. So it was important to him that he was viewed as someone with integrity because he represented God. How are we representing God? When people see us, do they see an impatient driver, a judgmental person, somebody who just won't shut up and listen? Are they seeing complaining? <laughs> Ouch, for me, I complain too much. Are they seeing goodness and kindness and forgiveness and grace? Are they saying dominance? Or are they seeing a meekness, a strong meekness that says, I don't have to win every single battle. I'm going to choose love. Today I choose love. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you for your promises. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your guidance. I want to rest in you, Lord. Help us to rest in you today and not just to rest in you, Help our rest to be a witness to your goodness and glory. And help our lives to be an amen. A constant reflection and witness to the yes that you say over and over again through Christ. And today we say yes to you, God. In your name, amen. Be blessed today, my friends.